You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. In our gospel, our Lord enters the desert. Forty days and forty nights fasting, right after his baptism, of course, this recalls the Israelite people. In the Old Testament, being slaves to Pharaoh, but then crossing through the Red Sea, 40 years in that desert they spent before they could enter the Promised Land. Now, first reading, it recalls the fall of Adam and Eve, where sin, death, suffering, for the first time entered the world. Now, a close reading of it, you can actually determine and see how Satan tempts both men and how he tempts women. It's different. Yes, the sin may be the same, but it comes from different places. Men and women are created differently, with equal dignity, but the motives are different. It expresses itself in different ways. In our second reading, St. Paul says, through one great act, suffering and death entered the world. But by an even greater single act, redemption. Our Lord in the gospel faces Satan one-on-one. This is how it happens. First, it's after our Lord's baptism. Know that every baptized Christian will be tempted by Satan. Will be, guaranteed, 100%. Satan does not go after people he already has. Satan attacks those who are holy or those who are striving to be holy. But God allows this. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. God allows these temptations not so that we can fall into them, but that so he may further shame the devil. Because even a fallen human being, a mere mortal, when a mere mortal fallen responds well to God's grace, even that person can defeat Satan. Someone who responds well to God can defeat Satan because God is greater than him. It says that our blessed Lord fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Know that this is a requirement for us. This is not an option, people. Fasting is part of overcoming Satan. So often people fall into the same sin habitual time after time after time and they come see me uh, and they ask, Father, I don't know what to do. I wonder if fasting is part of their schedule. Jesus says, there are some demons that can only be cast out by both prayer and fasting. As children of God, we are called to both pray and to fast in our life. And it is a comfort to know that even Jesus experienced hunger. Fasting is not easy, people. It shouldn't be. 
But take comfort that our Lord, who did it first, experienced hunger as well. It was at that moment Satan enters the picture. Three times he tempts our Lord, each one going a little bit higher. The first is a temptation toward bodily sins. The devil tempts in order to deceive. The most common vices of humanity deal with the body. And so it makes sense. If you want to storm a castle, you begin with the weakest points. That's why Satan begins with the bodily vices to tempt our Lord. In fact, Adam and Eve, the first way they were tempted was through gluttony, unless you eat of the fruit. How does Jesus overcome this? Well, in the same way we should. By first relying on scripture, meditating upon the word of God with the word made flesh. By utilizing scripture, but then also not listening to a single word that Satan says, by rejecting it, even if it seems okay or good or morally neutral. Because just like by faith, I accept everything God says, because by the mere fact that God said it, I accept it. On the flip side of that coin, by the mere fact that Satan said it, I deny it. I reject it. He's the father of lies. He's really good at it. Once overcoming these bodily temptations, he moves to the second. Toward the ego, vainglory, vanity, glory. At first, the bodily temptations, but then as we grow in holiness, these bodily temptations kind of cease. But Satan's not done. It's next toward glory. He says to Adam and Eve that you will become as gods. It says that Satan took Jesus up to the parapet, to the holiest place on the highest part. He puffed him up. Oh, I'm overcome these sins. Look at how good I am. Know that Satan only ever allows people to get up so that he can cast them down. He was cast down. Christ defends himself by wisdom. Those who are tempted toward vainglory, they often say, uh, I will do what I need to do to gain glory. Uh, God will forgive me later. Right? It says that God's forgiving. So I'll just ask for forgiveness and we'll be a-okay. I can keep on sinning because it's going to be okay. Because God's merciful. God is indeed a loving and merciful Father. He loves us more than we'll ever know. But that does not give us the right to abuse him, to spit upon his mercy, to take advantage of him. That's against Scripture. God is merciful, but he is not to be trifled with. Jesus says we should not tempt the Lord. The last is toward pride. Agreed. This is the last step of sin. 
to where not only do I commit sin, but I also rejoice in it. I brag about my sin. I wear it as a badge on my shoulder. I tell people about it. All these I shall give you, if you but prostrate yourself and worship me. Satan promises one thing, but he asks for another. He promises a lie, and he requests pride. He promises greed. Satan says, I'll give you an abundance of riches, a superiority of honor. He plays on our weaknesses. We are made for greatness. But greatness is in the next life. Not this one. True greatness, true honor and glory is in heaven. Not in this life. His request is that we abandon God. Notice that no one adores the devil unless they fall down. Unless you prostrate yourself, just like he did. Satan tempts people to sin, but then he also tempts them further by stopping them from going to confession. Jesus did not tolerate this sin because the other two were dealing with humanity, but this one was insulting God himself. Jesus responds, be gone, Satan. And Satan leaves. Christ has won over temptation. What is our victory over temptation? Satan does leave us. When we conquer our temptations, people, Satan leaves us. When we can make it through that heat of the moment, that little one instant that Satan is at his most powerful, he leaves for a time. Right, Satan will come back into the picture. But for right then, right there, the devil retreats. And what happens? Angels minister to him. Notice that it doesn't say that angels came down from heaven. You see, the angels never left Jesus. They never leave you. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that when we do overcome our temptations, that both the angels and the saints are rejoicing that another one of their brothers, another one of their sisters has defeated Satan, that one of the children of God has remained in his grace. The temptations that we receive typically come as something we want or something we hope for. In fact, the hardest temptations comes as lies mixed with just a drop of truth. Because if Satan appeared as he truly is, then everyone would deny him without fail, without hesitation. And so the wolf has to cover himself in sheep's clothing if he wants to be accepted by the flock. People take comfort that everyone is tempted by sin. Even our blessed Lord was assaulted by temptation. The thing is, we can't act on it. We can't entertain it. Take your own personal battle with temptation seriously. In fact, most likely more seriously than you do.
You should go to confession if you fail. Don't let Satan tempt you into a further sin of pride. Bounce back. And when you do succeed in overcoming your temptations, know that Satan does leave you and that all of heaven rejoices with you.